Okay, hello everyone, and welcome to this next episode of Dylan vs. Dylan Podcast. And this episode is all about the NICU experience. Um, but before I get into the podcast, I do want to say that I had to take a week or almost two weeks off. Um, I did lose my first cousin, Gerald, to uh, the coronavirus. And um, it's been pretty traumatic and emotional experience for me in dealing with his death. Um, and trying to process and understand how this how this illness could take someone in my family. So um, I do want to, you know, dedicate this episode to him because I know he would want me to continue to push forward. And I just want to tell him that I love him and I appreciate all that he's done for this family. And I appreciate the man that he was and the friend and the cousin and the brother that he was to me. Um, and it is a great loss to our family, but I know that he is in heaven right now with my father and my grandmother, and I know that he will continue to watch over this family. So I just want to say, Gerald, that I love you and I miss you, um, and this episode is for you. Okay, so the NICU experience. Whew, so as I said in the last episode, the babies were 3 pounds, 10 ounces, 3 pounds, 3 ounces, so they had to get whisked away immediately to the NICU. And so that experience in there, you know, they were had canisters up to them for breathing. They had a lot of heart monitors on them. They were inside um, their little crib area, but we could not hold them. And uh, we could only, like, put our hand in and touch them a little bit. But we couldn't have really any interaction with them for the first so many days um, because they had to get them stabilized. You know, they had to get their, t- their body temperature stabilized. Um, they were jaundiced a little bit, so they had to go into the UV light. Um, and we had several instances of, you know, of them being tachycardic, which is when your heart rate goes too high. Then we had instances where they had a Brady, and that's when they, the mind forgets to tell the body to breathe, so they was like, not breathe. And then they used to have DSAPs when the oxygen level would go too low, and they would have to turn the canister up and give them more oxygen. So those are the things that had to happen for them before they could ever leave the hospital. Um, They had to pick up some more weight. They had to maintain their body temperature. Um, They had to learn how how to feed, how to eat, because, you know, when they first come out at 32 weeks, they have not matured enough to know that you have to suck on the bottle in order to get the milk or the mom's breast. They, they, they don't know how to do that. So they have to be taught all those things. So, you know, my first day going in there and, and seeing them and spending time with them was really different for me because I'm used to having babies and being able to hold them and take them home right away. This is the first time that any one of my children that I had ever had to stay in the hospital. Um, and stay in the hospital, you know, without me, because eventually I had to leave when I was recovered, and I had to leave them there. So it was a really hard experience, but the doctors at Holy Cross were really, really good, the neonatologists. They were they, they were amazing, and there, there were two particular doctors that cared for them there, during their time there, and they were pretty consistent with working two weeks on, two weeks off. So we got the same level of care uh, for both babies, uh, for that duration of time. So that, that made me feel good. And I always felt like they were in good hands. Um, so, you know, that first time going in there and just trying to touch them, just they're so small and so tiny, you just want to hold them. It's an emotional experience. And all you can do is pray and leave things in the doctor's hands because 
it's nothing else that you can do. I did my part. I carried them. I brought them into the world safely. And now I got to rely on these team of doctors and nurses to get them to the point that they can safely come home. So the first, I want to say the second night that we were in there, Hayes had a Brady. And I had never seen it or experienced it before. And he stopped breathing. And, you know, the nurses and doctors ran over there and they started tapping on him and just reminding him and uh, pressing down on him to get him to recognize that you got to take a breath. And he did. Um, but it's very scary to watch. And he continued to have a lot of Brady's. And so they had to give him some caffeine treatment to try to get the Brady's stabilized. Harper had a few Brady's, but nowhere like Hayes. Harper never had to get a caffeine treatment. She kind of just kind of grew out of her Brady's and, and didn't have them anymore. They both had situations where they would desat. Hayes desat more than Harper. Um, and I wanted, Hayes really struggled in there, um, much more than Harper did. At the end of the, exper at the, end of the NICU experience, um, Hayes was in there for about um, a month. And Harper was in there for two weeks, two and a half weeks. So that's the time that it took him to get himself together. Um, and, it, and it was a hard situation. Um, but I learned how to cope through it. But it was really hard on moms. You know, and I take my hat off to any mom that has a baby in NICU. There were moms in there that had their babies at 25 weeks and 24 weeks and 22 weeks and um, 28 weeks. Everybody had different circumstances. But... We were all in there together, and it was a sense of camaraderie amongst the parents. You all rooted for each other. We all prayed for each other, you know. I I developed relationships with a few of the moms in there that I still talk to to this day. You know, I'm still inviting them to birthday parties now, and we still communicate on a regular basis because we have that bond. We would, you know, call each other if one was there and the other one wasn't. We would, you know, try to give the feedback of what's going on. You know, did the nurses do what they were supposed to do today? We just looked out for each other. And you really need that because you you can't be there 24-7, even though you want to be. And I, fortunately, was able to be there majority of the time because I didn't have to go back to work and I was still out. But not every parent gets that luxury. You know, some parents have to... Um, you know, go back to work because they've been already been off for six months. Some of these babies have been in NICU for a long time. So I didn't have to, I didn't have to worry about that. So I think I was truly um, blessed in that experience and blessed in that way. Um, and I thank God for that. So, you know, just getting through the DSATs and the Brady's. And so when they gave Hayes the caffeine, what ended up happening was he, um, started becoming tachycardic where his heart rate was now too high. So they had to figure out and get under control and he had to get heart tests done and, you know, um, EKG tests done and they said that there was some abnormality at first. I was like, I was freaking out. It's like, oh my God, is he going to have a heart problem? Is he going to have a lung problem? Like, what is it? But it was something minor that they said that he would grow out of in terms of the heart because keep in mind, he still was 32 weeks gestational. So he still should be inside of me. He still should be growing. He still should be maturing. So there are going to be things that's going to happen. So, um, you know, they talked me through all those things, but it was always hard in that moment. You know, we were praying and we were just so concerned, like, you know, what's going on, what's happening. But I, I did trust the doctors. But I'm going to tell you, I was so torn when they said that Harper could come home and Hayes could not. 
Let me tell you something. I asked the doctor, could you please find a reason to keep Harper in here? Like, I just need them to stay together. They've always been together and they got to stay together. And I cried so bad and I felt like a, a bad parent because my babies had to be separated. Even though I knew that it was nothing that I could do, even though I knew that I didn't do it, it hurt me to my heart to know that they had to be separated. But then on the one hand, I was so happy to get Harper home. But then on the other hand, I was like, well, what about Hayes? Now I have to figure out a way to split my time between the two. So my one of my cousins would come over and she would come by 12 o'clock every day and sit with them, sit with Harper. And then I would leave and go to Holy Cross. Still shouldn't have been driving, but I was. I would drive to Holy Cross and I would sit up at Holy Cross until 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night. Because you can stay in the NICU all night long. You just um, have to leave during their shift change. But outside of that, you can stay there for forever. Um, and so, you know, you can't spend the night in there, but you can be in there. So I did that, um, and I wore myself out doing that. And when I was home, I would constantly be watching the monitors. You watch the monitor, and you can look in and see what they're doing. And I would call the nurse's station and ask to speak to the nurse that was caring for them and get all the stats. And they would sometimes call me, you know, Hayes had a Brady. And my heart would break because the more Brady's that he would have or the more tachycardic he would be, that prolonged his time to be able to um, come home. So if, you know, he had to go a certain amount of days without a Brady, he had to go a certain amount of days without being tachycardic, you know, he had to maintain his temperature. And if those things didn't happen, then he had to stay in there. So it was really hard. Um, I spent a lot of time kissing and loving and crying on him. And it's funny because they said that uh, one of the nurses, Miss Daisy, I'll never forget her, love her to pieces. And she said, you know, he is going to be your, your demanding one. That little boy is demanding. You know, you touch him and he goes off and he starts hollering. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, he just, he's just so much, right? I said, Harper is so chill and so laid back and you could just do anything to her. And Hayes was so sensitive. Like, you touch him and like, eh. And it's funny because to this day, Hayes is very demanding. What Hayes wants Hayes gets okay like he looks with you he, he looks at you he has this infectious smile um, he's always smiling he's always happy but he wants what he wants and he loves to be loved on and he is a mama's boy and I know I created that but a lot of it had to do with our time in the NICU together because it was just him and I and we just loved and loved and loved on each other and you know Harper loves the love too you know um, her personality is a trip too, but I could tell, you know, when the nurse said that, just thinking about even right now in this episode, it's so true that he is, you know, so demanding, but, um, we got close, you know, I was able to give them baths in there, you know, not like drench baths, but, you know, give them like, you know, somewhere baths in there. Um, you know, they learn how to eat in there. Um, they, at first they ate through the tube because they, they have to be taught, you know, their minds don't know how to suck a bottle or um, breastfeed and I did not breastfeed because I don't breastfeed. Sorry, no breastfeeding for me. But um, they had to learn how to suck. So we ended up having to give them pacifiers while they were in there. And they encourage pacifier use um, for NICU babies because that's how you teach them how to suck. So I would constantly be using the pacifier, you know, trying to... Um, you know, get them to learn. And so they learn. And so, you know, um, 
we would when we were able to start giving them the little bottles i used to get so excited when they would just even drink a little bit because i was like yes this is progress this is progress and they had to be able to eat on their own drink on their own um before they could come home so all these little milestones that when you have children that can come home right away and don't have to stay in the hospital, you don't think about these little milestones when you bring your baby home. Like, oh, your baby's drinking a bottle or your baby is breastfeeding or, you know, your baby's temperature is this or that. You don't really necessarily think about those things. But when you're in the hospital in the NICU, you appreciate every single milestone. And the other thing that had to happen before they could come home um, is the car seat test. I bought the car seats in there and you know, put Harper in the car seat and she had to sit in the car seat for 30 minutes and not have a Brady and not have um, the tachycardic and not desat. So none of those things could happen. So she aced her, her test. Hayes, when it was time for him to go home, he failed his car seat test at first because we just couldn't get him to stop desat. And for whatever reason, him and the oxygen thing, once we got his heart rate stabilized, the oxygen thing just just we couldn't get it together for whatever reason he would constantly be sad and so there were days that I would come in and I would be like okay he's gonna be good well he's not gonna have to have oxygen today and they will have to put him back on oxygen and it was emotional because it was a setback right and you in your mind you're thinking today could be the day they say he's gonna go home but it just didn't happen like that um so you know Harper came home and she was fine and I loved all on her and had my time with her and then I loved on him in the hospital and you know people came to see them and I'm so thankful for my family and friends that did come to the NICU which is actually safer for them to come to the NICU and visit than to come to my house because you know the NICU is like Fort Knox with you washing your hands and sanitizing and all that um, you know, when you have infants and new babies in the house, you, you're, you're, you're clean because you're constantly worried about getting something on your baby or infecting your baby. So washing the hands a thousand times a day is something I, I'm constantly doing, using sanitizer, all that kind of stuff. So we had to do that in there. Um, and that was okay. But they used to come and they used to visit. And so it, it helped keep me sane just to be able to talk to people too. Um, and like I said, just talking to the different parents and looking at their experiences. And, you know, I thank God that my experience wasn't what some people's were. Um, some people had to end up being transported to Children's Hospital and they had other things wrong. You know, so we're truly blessed. Um, the NICU experience wasn't, wasn't all bad. There were some rocky and emotional moments, but... I can tell you that I wouldn't take any of it back because I met some of the best people and I learned to have so much more respect for nurses and doctors um, as I always have. But it was just at a heightened level to see what they do and to see what they make happen and to see how they console the parents and try to do everything to make you comfortable because they know you're on edge because you're they're, you're leaving your babies, you're leaving your pride and joy in there. And you go home and sometimes you don't know if you get back, if there's going to be a baby to come back to, because that can happen. Some people have lost their babies. And so I just prayed that I was never going to be one of those parents. So I, I thank God and I'm so appreciative of that experience. I think that it made me stronger. Um, it definitely, I, I know how to take care of babies because I already had children, but it, it made me pay more attention to other things that I may not have thought about when I had my other children. Um, you know, I just have so much respect for the medical community and all the things that you have to do to, to make it all work. And, you know, I appreciate, you know, 
learning and teaching my, my babies like how to, you know, suck on a bottle and how to suck on a pacifier. Now, the pacifier. So here's the thing. Harper, she still takes her pacifier, mainly when she's super, super tired, she takes her pacifier. And she does, you know, okay, you can take it from her all day and she's fine. Hayes, that boy looks for that pacifier. He loves that pacifier. That's the only downside is that he loves the pacifier. And I'm going to have a time getting them off of it. But I'm not mad about it because it served the purpose that it was supposed to serve when it was given to him. And so he's okay. You know, he's healthy. She's healthy. So if all I got to worry about is a pacifier. I can do that. I can handle it. It's no big deal. But, um, yeah, so this is just for any moms out there that, you know, have had that experience, you know, it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to share it. Well, this is for any, you know, future mom that wants to know what the NICU experience is like because maybe the doctor has told you that when your baby comes out, you know, your baby's going to have to stay in the NICU. You know, it's okay. It's not all bad. And I just, you just have to tell yourself that they're in the right place for the right reason and you don't want them to let you bring your baby home and your baby's not well the one thing that they kept saying to me was mrs petway we do not want you to have to come back we love you we love hayes and we love harper but we don't want to see you no more unless you back in here because you had another baby which isn't happening by the way but unless you come back in here because you've had another baby we don't want to see you so we have to do everything that it takes to make sure that you don't come back in here. So if their heart rate isn't right, it's okay. We're going to get it right. If they're not breathing right, it's okay. We're going to get it right. If their body temperature isn't right, you know, we're going to get it right. We're going to make sure that you leave out of here and they're not coming back. And by the grace of God, thank you, Jesus, we have not had any hospital stays. We have not had any... Um, major scares that has required us to even have a hospital visit we've had our regular you know doctor's appointments and you know they do have some breathing problems sometimes um especially harper um they both have a breathing machine they both have gotten breathing treatments and i think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they were premature but they've gotten so much better with it this year has been much better than it was last year in terms of breathing treatment. So I think it's something that as they continue to grow older, you know, it will get better. But I wouldn't change anything about that experience. I have been back up there. We have, um, they have uh, monthly NICU experiences where you can go. They have holiday NICU parties. So I went to the holiday NICU party and, you know, got to see the babies that were in there when they were there and babies that have been there way before us um, and new babies that came after us. And it's just amazing. It's a camaraderie amongst each other. It's an unspoken thing with families and moms um, with the NICU experience. And you get to go back and see, talk to the doctors and let them see, like, listen, this is what they're becoming. This is what you help. Like, look at Hayes and look at Harper. And it makes me feel so good. I've been back up there and I've given them they like the sleep sacks that that's what they put them in or they like onesies and stuff like that. So the baby's um, preemie, premature clothes that they had, their onesies and their sleep sacks, I've taken all of those back up there and so the hospital can use them. So they, they love and appreciate donations, you know, so I, I appreciated what was given to me while I was in there. So it's only right to return the favor. So I bought all of my stuff up there and then that's what they continue to use to make everybody comfortable, to make the babies comfortable. So this is the NICU experience. 
and I hope that you enjoyed this podcast today, and I will see you in the next one.